0: everybody. Thanks for joining us this evening, or uh, or this morning, or this afternoon, or whenever you happen to be listening to this. This is episode 12 of the EdTech Distilled Podcast. Um, my name is Adam Geisen. With me, as always, is Dave Lurch. Dave, hi. This is Dave hi. Lurch.
1: This is Adam. We have different yeah, voices. We do. So.
0: Apparently, people have a hard time telling us apart. That's yeah. what we've heard just now, five seconds yeah. ago.
1: We're going to try <laughs> so. to change it up a little bit, I think, so.
0: So the person who told us about that is Rachel McVeigh. She's joining us from uh, Pennsylvania. Thanks for joining us tonight, Rachel.
2: Thanks for having me. I'm so excited.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, Dave uh, and I are both obviously involved in the whole Google certified world. Um, And Rachel's uh, big into the Google certified coach. In fact, we'll get into all that uh, down the road in just a few minutes. Uh, But we're excited to talk to you about that. Dave's a coach. I am not a Google certified coach yet. So this might be a great, you know, sales pitch. Um, motivate me. Tell me how why I should do it. Uh, but so anyway, we're excited to talk about that in just a little bit. Uh, but before we get to that, Dave, I know you threw a bunch of stuff in here about uh, new and upcoming and exciting things that are going on um, in the world of technology and education. So this, is,
1: this is Dave speaking right now. Um, so... <laughs> Just a couple of a couple of updates. Uh, one Google thing, one Screencastify thing, which I got super excited for, and uh, then two science things. I'm a humongous science nerd, and um, and as of recording this, uh, it's like two days before the 50th anniversary of Walt Disney World's uh, 50th anniversary, and so I just watched their fireworks show, and I'm uh, nerding out big time in the back of my mind right now. I can't wait to watch it again. But anyway, that's totally uh, neither here nor there. It's just I can't get out of my head. So uh, so right now. If you've been paying attention to also the Google apps, uh, you'll notice that Hangouts is kind of going to the wade side and they're starting to push chat a little bit more. And I know Adam and I have talked about how this, I think, is in response to Slack. I think that they're kind of recognizing that this will be their version of Slack in some ways. And so um, just the big thing, nothing massive is changing. Uh, More than anything, it's just the idea that, uh, chat's just kind of getting this overhaul. And so you'll actually start to see um, the way that chat is displayed uh, a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. It will um, coexist within apps like calendar or keep or in your Gmail, there's going to be uh, quick links to go to those um, uh, different that, that app in different tools, um, a little bit easier to find direct messages as well. And uh, so it, it looks like that this is just going to take place uh, by the end of uh, September, going into October, and they're saying that uh, by December, everybody should see this rollout. So it looks like uh, Hangouts is going to be uh, uh, put out to pasture, where this is going to be the thing that takes over. And Finally, um, yeah, finally. And and um, I, I, I think it's actually pretty awesome. I really like chat. I do I too. Like the, I like the way they're using it.
0: It's my uh, my rooms became spaces on this account like today. I just oh, noticed really? it. It had been on the app. And actually, the app, I love. They changed the font. It's now the Google Sans font, which Fantastic. I love that font. Like, for whatever reason, I just love it. Yeah. And you can't get it unless you, you get a document from an actual Googler. Like, if they share a document with you that has the font embedded, then you can have it.
1: Right. So and, I and have a slideshow. No around of, that. Yeah. No,
0: there isn't. I have a slideshow from the Innovator Academy that I just totally deleted, and all it is is just a blank slideshow that I make copies of because it's got Google Sans in it. And it's the best. It is the best.
1: Um, another update, Screencastify has, as of September 21st, Screencastify has has literally done a 180 and is, uh, it, it used to be a screencasting tool where you could record your uh, videos directly from the screen and, uh, you know, record voiceovers or record yourself. And it syncs up really nicely with Google and um, inserts directly into your drive. It's awesome. If you have to work with any teachers or you're training or doing any PD, I think this is kind of my go-to. Uh, tool just for ease of use, especially if you're doing any hybrid or flipped classrooms, but uh, Screencastify has added a bunch of things in it. And so one of the big updates is now um, you have the ability to insert interactive questions similar to what Edpuzzle is. Uh, right now they're capping that at five questions per video, and it's only multiple choice, not a short answer, but it's still giving you that option. And I did find that in using this versus Edpuzzle with our teachers, uh, the teachers found this process to be a little bit more intuitive than what Edpuzzle was initially. Uh, not as many options, but you know, for what it's worth, uh, you can look at analytics as well. So a big complaint that our teachers had last year was whether or not kids were watching their videos. You know, They were creating these 15 minute videos and uh, they had no idea if kids were watching. And now you can actually check the analytics and you can do it anonymously, or you can actually see your students' emails when they've watched them, which is kind of a nice feature if you're you know making sure the kids are viewing that. Um, the other big thing that has come up is some of the editing tools. So, before you could cut and uh, you could add in other video, you could zoom in, um, but now you actually can create within the video uh, sections where students can submit videos themselves that would go along with what you're doing. So, holy cow! Yeah, it's it's, it's I didn't see
0: that. That's exciting. It's it's, it's kind of like like, like Flipgrid and that's, Edpuzzle combined. Is that what that's you mean exactly
1: say? what I said. Yeah, I feel like it's a combination of all those
0: yeah. tools. We sound the same and think the same. We're like, we must be brothers.
2: <laughs> There's really only one of them here. <laughs>
0: yeah, it is. It is. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right, Adam. That's right, Dave. So, uh, and then the the third thing I have on air uh, is this article I read. So, if you don't subscribe to the TLDR newsletter, you can just literally Google TLDR newsletter. It is nothing but science nerd stuff. Um, but there was a an article in Interesting Engineering all about how scientists are uh, trying to three D print uh, edible chicken. And then they're heating it with lasers to see whether or not it is edible, because hypothetically, you could 3D print food in very difficult circumstances or different climates or areas. You know, you're in space, uh, submarine, you know, just extremes and then uh, cook it with a laser. And uh, they said it actually the the meat lab produced uh, meat that tasted uh, felt like, smelled like chicken. Cooked it with a laser. It was totally um, edible. The only thing was that it was a little bit rubbery. So, uh, if you want to, okay, wait, a minute. It, yeah, yeah, let me
0: stop. Hold on a second. Yeah. So, wait, three D printed the chicken. Like, I get the cooking with lasers part, but yeah. the three, like, what's the material they're printing with? Like um, it's, other it's, chicken? You
1: no, know, it's like some meat synthetic. Uh, so it's like an edible, edible synthetic meat uh, substance that they use, and um, they, uh, yeah. They use it to make this uh, this 3D printed piece of chicken and then they cooked it with lasers. And they even so like the
0: different colors of lasers. I'm so imagining what, the spools, like the 3D printing spools that are like, I'll, this one's teriyaki. And like, <laughs> I, hey, hand me that barbecue spool. Like, that's what I'm imagining. I'm sure it's not that way. We can only Unless hope. it was that way, which would be awesome.
1: Well, looking at the, I mean, it looks a little more. In depth than that. If you check the article, we'll put it in the show notes.
0: <laughs> but, oh, you think it's more in depth than that? You don't <laughs> think it's just flavored with uh, <laughs> melted rubber into strings? Uh,
1: look, I don't know. I, that's you know what? Anything's possible, I guess. Um, <laughs> there's awesome. actually a, there's actually a picture of the chicken on there. Oh God, it, it looks horrible. It Doesn't look great, does it?
0: I uh, know it. Oh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Would you eat so it? So we've got this link in the show notes, and you're going to have to check this out. It's pretty gnarly it is super gnarly but but you know what on the like i can see this being necessary when we do eventually go to mars it's going to have to be yep. we need to get uh elon on this
1: well and imagine if you've seen the martian i mean if mm-hmm. imagine mm. if they had the ability to 3d print food
0: yeah you know he wouldn't have needed so many potatoes that's
1: right i mean you know you can't argue that last thing i have here uh for friday Uh, or September 30th. I'm sorry. So that would be tomorrow. So Thursday, uh, the James Webb telescope is officially launching into space. So it's the, it's the predecessor of the Hubble telescope. um, And it has about a hundred times, you know, the, the power and size, and, uh, it's going to be taking pictures in space. So if you're a science teacher or it's just something you like, it's really cool to see that. So I have the link to NASA's, um, announcement about it. And actually, if you check it out, uh, you can actually see the launching itself. There's a bunch of interactive things for kids with it. Uh, there's some STEM and art activities as well, but, uh, the, the James Webb telescope is going to be pretty massive and uh, pretty amazing. So
0: that is exciting.
1: Yeah.
0: Either of you guys do space camp. Uh, like the movie? No, the movie was great. Don't get me That's wrong; great. it was amazing. Yeah. Um, that just—I've always been fascinated with spacey stuff since I was a little kid, and I—and then went into teaching English, which is just you know totally makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So, in recent years, now with all the science stuff, um, and the—I guess my background in English or whatever— one of my favorite things to do is to look up crazy design websites. So, websites that have sort of taken things that we. I don't know that we see on an everyday uh, basis and turn them into something artsy and designy. Um, I don't know why I get fascinated by that, but I do. So a couple of the things that I brought up, one is, is one that I just, I got totally sucked into. It's called city roads. Um, and the website, it's the website. There's a link. It's envaka.github.io. It's, it's not something that you could remember to go to, but it's called city roads. So if you go to this link, it pulls up this super blank website and it says mm-hmm. type, uh, city. So you put your city in there and it takes all of the streets and just like the streets and roads takes all of the buildings away, takes all of the other design that you'd see in a map away. It takes all the city or street names away and all it is is roads. So it's like, I don't it's such a cool design. And so I, I like put like cities in there, like New York City. You can see all the cool grids and like is, weird places. It is really cool. Yeah, and then, I, you know, of course, I did my own city so that I could try to find my house, um, you know, just on from the where the tr- the streets are. And uh, anyway, super cool, like just a simple design, um, just kind of a neat place to check out and to disappear into for a little bit.
1: Yeah, and, and it's made with GitHub. So if you if anybody right, you is can doing then, any coding from there, what a cool project to show, yeah. you know, like very cool.
0: So you can take that repository and run with it. But, uh, so the next one I th- thought was also kind of similar and also kind of cool um, is this, it's called pad app, pad a tap. Sorry, I pronounced, I missed an at in there, pad a tap. And you do need the sound on for this. And I'm not, I don't think I'm, I'm gonna run it here in a second. So it's just this perfectly blank green or gray screen. But when you type letters into it, you get music and weird sounds and designs. Oh my gosh! Now, I'm sure so you couldn't cool. hear any of what I just did, um, but super awesome. That is so anyway, cool. It's another one of those, and this what I what I loved about that kind of it reminded me of um, the Google experiments that they have that are all yeah. those crazy websites that yeah. like they don't ever advertise, but like you get in there and there's just some of the coolest stuff oh, yeah. ever. 100%. Like those those guys that look like the aliens from the Muppets. And if you push them on them, they they sing operatic songs. That awesome. one just came out the not that long blob, ago. Blob, Blob.
2: Yes. Or something,
1: yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah, that one is awesome.
1: It's yeah. so cool. Um,
0: but this has reminded me totally of that, and I just thought it was fantastic. So I thought I'd share that. So patatap, P-A-T-A-T-A-P. yeah Dot com. I think. Patatap.
1: Right? Yeah, that's it.
0: Yeah. That's and there's, awesome. a, uh, there's an Apple, uh, an iOS app as well. They don't have an Android yet. So, yeah. and the last thing that I have, quality, which I just, I guess. yeah, I was, well, <laughs> yeah, maybe, well, they're working on the really good one, which That's is, it. Why I, I figured it's, it's taking much. some time. That's it. Um, the last thing I got, I just, and if, for whatever reason, I've never seen this before the drone racing league. Have you guys seen this? No. no. Oh my God. So again, this came from Twitter and it was a promoted tweet, which I usually just totally ignore, except I sat and watched this thing. It was a live video of a drone racing league race. And it's these six guys, and they're sitting with their 3D goggles on and their little remote controls, and they're like, three, two, one, go. And it's like this, it's in a, I think they were in Alliance Stadium. I don't remember where that one is. Anyway, and it's all like super cool lights, and you know, and there's these lit up squares and all this stuff. So then these drones just take off and they're flying around and they're trying to get through these squares and they're racing each other and crashing at each other. It was amazing wow. i got totally sucked in so check out the drone racing league yeah. and then get drones and start teaching your kids how to program them one that's there's my uh that's my your pitch i don't know yeah my steam pitch
1: it you stem, know and it's, a, it's like a nerdy nascar let's call it nerd car let's do that
0: <laughs> it is but i was totally sucked in
1: totally yeah, it's, it was it's so it was cool. awesome and there's a real skill to to flying those you know I, oh I know we, absolutely
0: we, we it's have a, so difficult
1: we have a small one, uh, and my daughter and I'll fly it. Now, to to be totally fair, she's nine, and she's been flying it for a couple of years, so maybe not the best idea with a six or seven year old. When uh, we have landed it on a few neighbors' roofs, they've been very nice about that. But um, <laughs> I, I just think it's such a cool thing for her to experience because, like, it's she likes video games and all that stuff. But what a what a neat thing to fly and a cool skill to kind of to play around with. That's very cool.
0: Yeah, check it out. Check it out the website. Yeah. Uh, All right. So that's what's new and exciting in the world of whatever technology and And all those other things, and chicken and food. All (laughs) our foodies out there, right? You think so, Rachel? We we hope you learned something. (laughs) I I learned so so
2: much.
1: (laughs) We we get that a lot.
0: (laughs) Yeah. This podcast really is just a conversation between Dave and I saying, "Ooh, I'm going to try to one up you with what I just discovered." <laughs>
1: yeah, I found a, a rubbery chicken made of lasers. Yeah, he I don't won. Know, the I think is he won
0: that there. one. Oh, That's for sure. Good. Totally. I couldn't good. beat it this time.
1: Yeah, my wife thought I was making that up, so
0: <laughs> I hope it's too bad that you weren't, honestly. Um, but we should you should check out the pictures if you haven't already gone to the website.
1: Yeah, you'll never eat uh, again.
0: But we are, again, excited to – we'll switch gears here a little bit and talk to – we're going to talk to – we're going to bring you on here, Rachel, um, about the, uh, the the Google Certified Coaching Program. And this yes. is a pretty new program, um, and we'll kind of let you elaborate. Before we get into that, we do always kind of ask our guests at the beginning what, what it is that got you where you are now. So what was that journey like from the beginning? Because I know you said you were a former Spanish teacher, yes. correct? Yes, yes. Um, so how did you get to where you are from there?
2: So I um, and I can explain more, like I think more of this will make sense later too. But um yeah, I was like I didn't go to a college for education. Um, I went for like international studies and Spanish and Latin American studies, didn't quite know I I knew the types of things I wanted to, I thought I knew the types of things I wanted to do. <laughs> um <laughs> And then I, I ended up moving back to Pittsburgh from DC and, um, you know, was looking into how, how I could use what I enjoyed here. Um, and so my mom, a former French and Spanish teacher herself suggested I teach at like an academic day camp. Um, so I said, sure, I'll, I'll give it a shot. It, it was so much fun. So, um, Right away then, I started applying to to places that might employ someone who never actually taught a day in their life, nor <laughs> taken a single course in
1: education. Sure, perfect. <laughs>
2: uh, and I found a wonderful, wonderful person, God bless her, who took a risk on me. Um, so I, I was teaching while I went to grad school and um, I taught Spanish um, and that, that school I was, it was just like a part-time job and I was there for one year. Um, but yeah, I taught Spanish, I think for about eight years and then, um, and then this one year grant opportunity came up and um, And no, that's a lie. I didn't teach Spanish for eight years. I taught Spanish for 13 years. It was eight years kind of at one place. And then I moved to where I am now. And I've been teaching Spanish there. And then this one-year grant opportunity came up. um, And it was from Google. And it was like a really vague description of what was involved. Um, It just said, you know, there will be a little bit of travel. And these are kind of the qualities that we're looking for. This is an idea of kind of what you'd be doing. and I figured, one year, why not? Um, so I was still really enjoying teaching and teaching Spanish. Um, and you know, my school wanted someone internal to do it. so I you know kind of applied for it and um, and was so excited to get that that opportunity and knowing that my you know, they said my job in my classroom would be waiting for me when I after the year. Wow. So it was kind of that like That is great what an opportunity. I knew it was yeah. something with ed tech, which I, I had always loved using technology in my classroom and trying new things with it. So, um, so yeah, I, that's, that's kind of how it started. And that that one year grant was five years ago now. Um, wow. so, so yeah, that's how I kind of came into it.
0: So what was the, what was the grant for? Like, so is that like your current job? It hasn't really changed.
2: So my job was only grant funded that one single year. Um, But the grant ended up being for something called the dynamic learning project, which is the Google certified coach programs predecessor. And the dynamic learning project initially took, um, you know, a coach and a a building administrator. There were, um, I think it was, I don't know if it was 50 schools, I feel like it might have been, it was like 50 or 100 schools. I can't remember. But it was a, a relatively small number from around the US. Um, at the time, it was middle school. That's what they were really focusing on. And um, they ended up really, it was it was like it ended up being a three-year pilot for the Google Certified huh. Coach program. So they were doing a ton of research through um, with the help of Digital Promise. Um, and so and then it transitioned into the google certified coach program once that dynamic learning project or dlp was kind of sunsetted
1: and so there was no like indication in the grant description that this is what this was it was just like this is this thing and if you have these qualities try it out
2: yeah you know i can't even remember if they said the name of it it was like which made um like the the first year it was like magical to experience. (laughs) I got to go like these opportunities were amazing. I almost like don't want to share it because
1: you can share it. It's okay. It's like so
2: unique. And um, it just like never in a million years, I think I would get to do some of these things. So like, that when I really found out what we were doing, I was like, in California at Google. um, And they shared everything. So like, all of that secrecy made everything so exciting as we were finding everything out
1: so so like you had to travel like across the country right
2: yeah wow and it was amazing um
0: that is amazing i just never thought
2: i would get that opportunity like it never occurred to me that that would be a possibility
1: so Um, was was google like up front like was it like hey we want to develop this coaching program or was it more like hey we've identified this as a potential area that we want to do something with it's up to you guys to help us figure it out
2: it was like this is a one-year grant and then like in the spring of that school year it was like maybe there will be a year two maybe there won't be (laughs) and then at the end of year two it was like maybe there will be a year three maybe there won't be so we didn't really know i at least didn't know maybe other people did (laughs) Wow. i was done the wiser i had no idea really where it was going, but I knew that they were doing a ton of research with the coaching model. Um, my, the teachers at my school filled out endless surveys and were, could not have been nicer about doing that. (laughs) Um, yeah. So, so it was an incredible experience. I had amazing mentors. Like I got the experience to be set up really well.
1: Well, and I think people need to know that if they Google, Google coaching program and your name, that you're quoted like multiple times in the module as you go through. So it will say like, Hey, um, you know, if you want to know about this feature in it, Rachel McVeigh says this. And so it's, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a big deal. I mean, they literally took what you guys were doing and built it from the ground up from that.
2: Yeah, they really did. And you know, different people had different opportunities within it. Um, it was a really growing, experience um so like i you know was speaking in some some settings that i had never tried out before some went well some were like awful um <laughs> and i'm like so mortified over it you know replaying that in your mind um some some schools had um like case studies done about them like that wasn't my school some schools had um like video crews come and do promos it was really really exciting um and i think they they were just trying to like i don't know how much they knew they were going to do with it at that point either specifically so i think there were a lot of things that we tried that did not end up coming to fruition that are not part of like the curriculum or program now Um, you know so So like I feel like I did everything in the curriculum and and then a lot more also.
0: (laughs) Oh sure. So were you still working at your current school
2: and like doing
0: this part time? Is that how kind of it branched out or?
2: So I um, after the first year, my school. I think it was after the first year, my school decided to make it a permanent position, either after the first or second year. So the first year in DLP, it had to be middle school. So the way my school district, I'm working a tiny um, public school in like right outside Pittsburgh. I live in Pittsburgh. Um, And we are all on one campus, K through 12, like our buildings are connected and everything, but um, we have a, a K through six building and a seven through 12 building. So that first year I was really only allowed to do middle school because um, of the, you know, for research purposes, like for that validity. So I was really working just with seventh and eighth grade because I'd been teaching in the high school and that's kind of just where I was. And then um, the next year I was able to then coach people, throughout the high school. Um, And then the third year, I think, is when I started coaching in the elementary as well. So now I coach full-time kindergarten through 12th grade, um, which I think in a big district, if I were the only coach, I, I don't know. I think it would be really, really challenging to be as effective as one could be. But since I am in a smaller district, it is, it's busy, but it's, manageable right um sure. like it, it makes sense so it's okay
0: dave and i are both also in pretty small districts so it we get that yeah. Um, yeah yeah and i i was in a larger district prior to the job that i'm in now and we had two coaches and that even seemed like not enough so yeah like it's that. um
2: it, it's like i said it's manageable um you know different buildings like so different cultures and i knew i knew the teachers in high school already which is like right. a huge sure. advantage um, because course. they knew me as a teacher first like they knew what i was about they knew they could yeah. trust me the elementary i i might as well have kind of been a stranger like i was not already embedded in that culture so um so it, it took a lot more time and yeah. i'm still working on it
0: sure yeah. So what so like for for newbies, people who don't know what the Google certified coach program is, can you like kind of summarize it for us, give us kind of in a nutshell what the program and how how it works? If I were a person who I don't know isn't a coach and might oh I don't know, maybe want to do it one day, what's it uh, what's it like? What's the elevator pitch?
2: We're going to see we're going to see how persuasive I am if Adam <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> applies by the end of the school year. Right.
1: <laughs> Good luck. <laughs>
2: Um, <laughs> so the program really is about one-on-one coaching. Um, it's really about coaching teachers in a way that's really individualized, um, you know, super personalized and that's non-evaluative. Um, and that really is about leveraging technology in meaningful ways so i do some coaching that does not involve technology but the majority of coaching i do does involve tech um some, sometimes it's just kind of general instruction or whatever the teacher may want to work on um, but that's kind of what it's about it's it's a coaching relationship that's long term there are formal coaching cycles so a coaching cycle um, as per the curriculum is eight weeks and um that's that's enough time to go through there's a five-step coaching model um and those eight weeks should be enough time to go through it it's not always for for me and some of my teachers depending on what we're doing um but yeah so the coaching program is really rooted in this five-step model so the first thing we do is we kind of try to identify a challenge so it's all challenge based so we have something to like to work on together and guide us the whole way through. Um, After that, we do some investigating um, and trying to to figure out potential solutions. Um, The third step is then selecting a solution. After we select a solution, then we work on implementation, which for me is always the longest phase. And then finally, at the end, we do a collaborative reflection, the teacher and I, um, so we can kind of think about, you know, celebrate those wins, um, really note areas of of growth and transformation, I think. Teachers do not generally have time to reflect, like they have to go, 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 go. So I feel like it's a nice time for them to actually sit and think about all that they've accomplished. Um, And then, of course, we look at, you know, what could we have done differently? Um, You know, in what ways were students impacted those types of things? Um, So by following that model, that kind of keeps the, the Google certified coaches grounded in that coaching work
1: and i will say when i had a chance to look at it last year you know i had seen what coaches were doing but i had never seen it as well spelled out before To to where it was something that i thought was uh, bite-sized and manageable so anyone listening who's kind of curious about the the process the application process for it it's a little bit more in depth than if you want to be a certified coach than what you do with tr- the trainer yeah. you know uh program for example but i i thought it all made me better at my job just going through that you know even i think even if you don't make it into the certification process just going through that gives you a chance to actually see what coaching is like because uh, we kind of talked about this uh, and adam and i saw this firsthand we recently attended a cohort with all the uh, area people who serve as coaches for their school district and there's truly no defined method for what that looks like. You know, I would say 90% of the people that do it, it's uh, it's a part-time job. And so most of the time it's just, hey, I hope somebody needs me for this. And so they hit you up and uh, just seeing things in that program ha- have really kind of helped me understand what that looks like and, uh, and, and how you can get buy-in from administrators and from teachers. And uh, they have so many practical examples in it. It, it. I mean, it really is even, and the curriculum's free. So even yeah. if you don't want to do it, you're like, I don't care about the certification. I don't want a badge on my email. Of course, who doesn't want badges on their email? But, <laughs>
0: right. you know, if you don't, but if you don't want <laughs> I need that, a sticker, that's really all that's, I want is a sticker. Yeah, <laughs> it
1: is a really thorough process and a really thorough program. And, uh, you know, Google and and people like Rachel that were involved in it did a really great job with that.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, oh, sorry. No, I was, um, I was just going to say it does really like t- that curriculum does take you from start to finish, like from, you know, like try to have a kickoff event. Here are example surveys you can do to, to do your own data collection so that you can kind of build a case for for your program. Um, so like that there are so many practical things in there. Like I feel like it's loaded with good content. Yeah. Um, it's not like a fluff curriculum at all like I, I think it's really worth people's time i don't think people would find it to be a waste of time at all
0: it's it sounds exactly like what i would have wanted in 2017 when i was hired as a first-time coach in a district that never had coaches before yeah right and we had the buy-in like that wasn't really the issue the administration was all about it they were actually pretty excited about it if we just didn't have any sort of like way to say okay now we're coaches how do you just how do you distinguish a tech coach from an IT person?
1: Mm-hmm. Do you go to
0: your tech coaches when your projector's not working? You know I mean? Like, but, but we figured that was a good place to start. Uh, we ended up building an entire professional development badging system just so that we would wow. have people buy in and then ask us for stuff. Like, like it yeah. was like totally self-serving. We yeah, built this whole big takes. thing just for job security. Like that was really it. Um, <laughs> but uh But yeah, like this, this would have been wonderful to have had, you know, back then. Yeah. Um, So for the people who were starting out, because it's still not an, it's still not an established job in a lot of school districts. Especially Uh, at
1: small schools. I think in in, in our, in our districts, it's something where, you know, you you might, you you are coaching 100%, but you might also have to, you know, help take stickers off a Chromebook or you may have to, you know, sub. Which is what I'm getting to do on Friday. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's just it's just kind of that. It, it's just kind of what it is. And and I think having that program to go back to gives you some validity in your position too. Because um, I think a lot of times as a coach, it's you you know what it looks like when it's done well. Um, but I also think that you it's it's hard to know, you know, if that person if you don't understand what that process is, it can be hard to understand. You know, hey, what what is that person doing? You know, like how is that. Uh, benefiting and and I think having that program to fall back on provides you with the documentation and the tools and the resources to do that. So,
2: yeah, it really does. And you know, one one thing that was really key for me, which um, you know I I don't take for granted at all, is that um, when I was going through everything with the Dynamic Learning Project, you know, we were required to have a building administrator there with us. So, um, and I'm lucky enough that that person is still in my building because I know that a lot of people have administrators you know coming and going often Mm -hmm. um but so I have someone in one of my buildings who totally understands the program and you know made kind of kind of help me set the tone for things um so that you know it would be an absolute last resort for them to use me for some other um, responsibilities that I know a lot of other coaches have. Um, so I'm really, really lucky that they've they've like kind of protected that boundary um, because it lets me do my job, you know, because yeah. if, if you're being pulled to do one thing, then it's less time that you can spend doing the other. And then just right. like that, that mind shift between all of those different types of tasks can be really challenging.
1: So what would you say, Rachel, if you had somebody, you know, who came to you and said, hey, my job is a coach, but I'm also being pulled for these things. How would you how would you present that conversation with an administrator? You know, how would you kind of express the the importance of that?
2: I think um I'm I'm curious. I, I would imagine that there is research on um digital promises website mm-hmm. from the Dynamic Learning Project. Um that talks about having full-time coaches um because that was one of the stipulations with dlp and and they they did become a little more flexible with it as each year went on i think as they started to kind of understand school systems and how you know um people are often pulled for various things Um, but you know they like in year two was like you have to have a certain percentage of your time which was like the vast majority dedicated to coaching um because they i think they recognized before they even started that it would not work if people were you know coaching slash admin or coaching slash teachers like it can work um i just think it's really really hard
0: yeah. And then you're not as
2: available for for teachers oh. on their preps. Like if your schedule doesn't align right. and you have classes to teach, it's like it limits you a lot more.
0: Yeah, I started out half and half. And that first year, I was I taught English for the first three hours of the day. Then after that, I was in the district um, as a tech coach. But like to shut off the teaching and then immediately go. Or people messaging me in the morning, they're only available at eight o'clock. while well, I've got yeah. you know class at eight. So when we did go full time. Then it was great, great for the teachers, but some of the building administrators still saw us just as IT people, so right. they wanted us in the building. Like, I want you in my building every Tuesday and Thursday, and I'm like, well, I can't really do that because I know on Tuesday somebody from another building is going to message me, and I'm right. going to be here, and I'm not going to be able to be there, right. So, and, and that took – I don't even – even when I left, I don't know if they still really understood that, but um, it is a it is a real thing because – to not be be able to give you a hundred percent of your effort to that coaching, it's it's really not coaching. You're just plugging holes. The system that you're talking about is it, really the biggest thing is that it, it has feedback for one, and then follow up. Like those are the things that are most often the hardest for coaches yeah. to do because yeah. you've moved on to the next project. You finish with somebody, and then you're jumping to the next email. When this requires you to come back and the reflection and uh i mean i'm sold i think it sounds great but i also like you said i think administrators need to be a part of it as well so they understand the role
2: yeah. and how it fits with their school yeah i mean it it's been an interesting experience because now i also coach in a building with an you know for where there's an administrator who was not part of dlp sure. um and i think it's you know i was i was already uh, for a large part like up and running by the time I started in that building. Um, and, you know, of course I have like great support from my superintendent, um, but I think it's also about showing like how you're an asset to that administrator's needs. Right. Um, so, you know, but it, it's a fine line because it's like, well, if, if they think, if their needs are IT support, you know that's that's really not what I'm supposed to be there for. Um, right. And like, as right. a full disclosure, when I applied for the this that one-year grant way back when, I was like, just so you know, I'm not a hardware person. Like, mm-hmm. I you know, I can try to figure things out with people. Um, I'm happy to learn it. It's not like yeah. my passion, though.
0: <laughs> so, right, not your background. Not really yeah, where you want to be. Yeah, like it's not going to be
2: super as efficient for people to ask me for some right. of those hardware things, but but I've certainly learned a lot along the way. I just, of course, I'm, I'm not like an expert by any means in anything like hardware. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's such a, it's, it's a hard thing in, in Illinois, we have um, the learning technology center does stuff and the, through the uh, LTC, the learning technology center, there's a uh, listserv uh, group with uh, area coaches in the state. And there was an awesome, uh graphic that somebody had put together that was all about delineating if this thing is for it or if it's for coaches or not and, and adam I, and you can correct me if i'm wrong i feel like we talked about it last time maybe but maybe i don't i don't know if we did or not but um it's just such a good graphic to to show that because you know i think as schools move in this direction and understand that hey just like our kids need interventions you know with rti and closing those gaps you know teachers need it too and that doesn't mean that you're not a good teacher it means that you are confident enough to identify hey these are my gaps right i'm really good at managing groups connecting with kids i'm really good at lecture i need to get better at differentiating my lessons and so that's where we work together on that and i think schools are realizing that there is value in that but i think they're having a hard time defining that and i just think the more that we can push that as to what that definition is, I think it can only be good things.
2: Yeah, there's also and I don't know if it's in the Google Certified Coach curriculum or not, but it was definitely something that I had from DLP. But it was also like a a, a graphic of what coaching is, what coaching is not. Yeah. And I showed that, I think, I'm sure more than once to teachers. I, and I <laughs> definitely showed it to admin as well. Um, Because it really, you're right. It really spelled it out, Um, and I think you know. I think explaining that model once, people understand that this model involves you know eight week cycles, like four eight week cycles a year. However, you end up structuring it, like I've modified mine a little bit now, but um, it doesn't leave a whole lot of time for much else.
1: No, it really doesn't. If you do it right.
2: Yeah, yeah, and you know they're they're like sometimes they're going to be much busier than others, that and that's just kind of how it it goes. But um, there isn't a ton of space to take on. You know, I, I take on extra things that are related to what I do. I think, sure. um, but I'm lucky that for the most part, I'm not in, put in a position to do something like totally unrelated <laughs> to right. coaching.
0: Right, like you don't have time to go sit in the closet and put wire up a Chromebook cart. I, but well, not, okay, probably not on you your list. On
1: that is that is that from personal experience?
0: <laughs> uh huh. I think everybody's got that personal experience. You
1: bet. You uh, anybody it.
0: in IT has done that at one point in their career. <laughs> um, so well, okay, so I have a, tape, yeah, right.
1: tape on Chromebooks. That's been my exactly. uh, the bane of the my one. existence. So. Stickers, stickers on oh, stickers. Yeah. On. Oh, yeah. Um,
0: so a logistics question um, about the coaching. So. If you're doing like like you said a six or an eight week cycle, how many teachers do you a uh, school your size how how many do you work with per cycle?
2: So it it definitely varies. Um, yeah. I started like so while I was in DLP, I like I followed. I'm very very by the books person, so I like I didn't want to be the one thrown off the research. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really followed like their eight week cycles, and that was that cut and dry. Once DLP ended and the research ended, I had a little bit more room to modify things Um, in talking. I feel like this is my superintendent's idea, talking about like offering staggered cycles. So there are like cycle starts are more frequent. So I offer a cycle Mm -hmm. starting almost every month of the school year now. Um, But I would not start out doing that. Like, I think it was good for me to have three years of, you know, four eight week cycles because then everyone's kind of in the same phase of that model at once. And Mm -hmm. that was my worry was like, well, that's going to be really tough tough for me to like go back and forth between different teachers in different places. But it's actually been really nice because some of those phases take more of my, like, you know, I call it my behind the scenes time than others. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now I'm not having like, you know, to, to investigate all these solutions, for all these teachers at once. Um, but I found like a sweet spot for me, like eight is really nice. Eight teachers. Um, Mm -hmm. I think eight to 12 has also been really nice. I've definitely coached like up to like 15, 16 for a period of time because like, you know, cycles overlap since they're staggered. Um, and it was, it was, better than i had anticipated because i was a little nervous like i never want to get to the point where i feel like i can't be attentive um or like the quality of my work is suffering um like if it comes to that then i will definitely see if people would be willing to like shift dates around a little bit um so that i can serve them best um but yeah that's kind of been my sweet spot but i've had like i've had less i've had more um and in those times when I I do have less, then it gives me time to like work ahead on other things that I know are coming up that I won't have any time to right. to do once like the next cycle comes into play. Um, so it's it can be like a bit of a roller coaster ride. And I I have people sign up for cycles at our like annual coaching kickoff event at the very beginning of the school year. Um, I just found that you know anyone can sign up whenever they want. I'm fine with that but people just don't like they have every intention of it, but then school happens. And right. Um, so one thing I do see a lot of those, so I, I really go off those lists from kickoff um, and then a week or two before a cycle starts, you know, I, I try to reach out so and schedule that a bit. first yeah. meeting. Yeah. yeah. And, and occasionally you have people who like, you know can't do it Mm -hmm. and that's fine it's not set in stone but i do have a lot of people who continue on so if i'm working with someone in cycle two and maybe they aren't quite done with what they want to do they go into the next cycle or they want to build on what they did they go into the next cycle or they say i do want to do more with this but i'm going to take a cycle off and then come back to me um you know two cycles from now and that that has been really great um so i think like 60 percent of our teachers who participate participate in more than one cycle a year
0: um wow that's pretty impressive
2: yeah so i I feel like it shows that people are finding it to be a good use of their time and like they don't have much time to spare so yeah Yeah. so it's like an upfront investment of their time Mm -hmm. and it really is meant to clear their plate and not add to it at the end of the day but it is it is a commitment at the beginning for sure
0: so what do you do if you have, like, you're working with your your group, and then you have another teacher who just kind of emails you out of the blue and is like, hey, I've got a little project. Do you still address those two? What do you so, do?
2: So if it's not something that would require a formal coaching cycle, like, I still, I definitely try mm-hmm. To, mm-hmm. to to help. Um I found that I am much better with people who are on a cycle because that's just like who's on my radar. Right. Um, So, like, someone needed help with something, I think last year, wanted to work on something, but they didn't sign up for coaching. But after meeting with them once, you know, I was thinking like this might really warrant a coaching cycle. And then meeting with them again, they were like, oh, yeah. And can you be at my classroom this day, this day, this day, this day? And I was like, Let's, let's let's go ahead and fill. Yeah. yeah.
0: And <laughs> yeah. you know, it's interesting,
2: like to the teacher, they were like, well, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me if I'm on a cycle or not. Um, and I didn't, you know, I, I had to like backpedal because I didn't mm-hmm. explain this well enough the first time, um, when we were having that conversation, but I, I ended up returning to that point and saying like, you know, like, yes, it's important that you're on a coaching cycle because, you know, then we can, like, stay on track with things and right. have, like, an actual right. motto to follow. But also, um, you know, where you really might see an advantage is the fact that, like, I really have to prioritize people who are in a formal coaching cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if you're going to want me in your classroom at certain times, if someone who's participating in formal coaching at the time wants me there at the same time, I really owe it to them to yeah. be there. Um, but, yeah, I, I do try to, to help with side projects here and here and you know, as people
1: uh-huh.
2: approach me and I'm, mm-hmm. I hope that people feel like they can approach me whether they're right. They've signed up or not.
0: Sure. It's fascinating. I'm, yeah. I'm sold.
2: Yes.
1: and, and, I there's, gotta get, and All right. And I'm the, done here. I got to
0: change my current job description <laughs> and then I'm, then I'm totally in.
1: You gotta, you gotta put that badge on your email. Mm-hmm. Well, and and there's, I just feel like it it's, it's just gives you a module to follow. You know, and and it gives you some some feedback because I feel like so many people are asked to coach, and 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 train is different. So if you're asked to be a trainer, you're asked to do PD. That's different. You're just presenting something, right? You're teaching adults versus teaching children. But this is a whole different ball game. And uh, I think just as things go, it's going to be more and more important. So, um, Rachel, so just like elevator pitch, what would you say to somebody who's considering doing the Google Coaching Program? Like, how, what would you say to encourage them?
2: I would say start by going to the teacher center, Google's teacher center, Mm. and looking at that Google certified coach program curriculum. And I feel like it will speak for itself in a lot of ways. I feel like it's really, really well done. Um, And I think that if you're someone who wants to really make an impact and really support your colleagues and and help them feel empowered um, and help them achieve things that they've always wanted to do, but maybe just wanted a partner to, to support them through it. Like this is the program for you
0: sold. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) And with the coaching, we had a, in one of my conversations today, somebody asked for a creative coaching, like session topic, uh, title. And so we were all kind of shooting out ideas. And, um, one of the ideas was uh, make a Ted Lasso reference. So like you, all you have yeah. to say, if you, are you guys, do you watch Rachel? Have you seen it?
2: I watch barely any, any TV, like all those references that you guys have thrown out, you know, <laughs> Oh no. like I don't watch anything. Oh, I no. do watch Ted Lasso.
0: Awesome. All right, good. The greatest. So if you were like saying something like be a diamond dog for your teachers or something like that would be an advertisement to be.
2: <laughs> yes. Like I want to put that belief leave. Yes, above Yes, exactly. That's
0: awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to so we've taken up a, so. uh, we've taken a ton of your time tonight. We really appreciate you sitting yep. with us this evening. It's so. uh, it's been super enlightening. Because again, like I said, as a person who's not really an official coach and sort of did it on my own earlier on, this would have been so amazing. So I, uh, people who are potentially becoming coaches, definitely look into this. It's going to give you. You're not going to sit there saying, "Okay, what the hell do I do now?" Um, that's what you want to try to avoid. Um, so we're going to kind of shift into our little final little sessions here as we, as we get, uh, our podcast under wraps here. So Dave, what are, what are we working on right now? Well,
1: not to, <laughs> not to plug anything too much, but, uh, November 17th, 18th and 19th is the mm-hmm. Illinois educational technology conference in Springfield, Illinois. And we, uh, Adam and I actually have a session all about podcasting at that. We conference.
0: do. Isn't we that funny? Do.
1: And uh, we're actually going to be talking about uh, using podcasts in the classroom and then in your personal life. And uh, we are going to actually talk about things that we've done, like to streamline this and make this more uh, official, quote unquote. And uh, we're going to record that session and put it out as another podcast. So it should be a lot of fun. And. and if, if you're from Illinois or Missouri area and you want to go to a great conference, the IATC is always a good time.
0: It's amazing. So, we'll put the link to it in the show notes. Definitely. Uh, but you've got high other high sessions. We together. both actually have other sessions too. I'm doing one on uh, Google Apps Script and you've got some also. I think you're doing Jamboard and something else too, right?
1: Google Sites. Yeah, I'm doing one right. virtual yeah, and then we've yeah. got two in person. And, yeah. uh, and I'm actually taking a team. I'm really excited this year. Uh, I got the okay to not just go by myself for once, which is nice. Oh, so, nice. So it's nice. So I'll have somebody to talk to instead of just yeah. in my hotel room by myself. So that'll be great. Well, I don't
0: think you would have done that anyway. Well, my wife's coming has. with me, so I'm actually super excited.
1: Hey, uh, that's we nice. Get,
0: yeah, it's like a big date weekend where we get to – well, I get to nerd out, and she's like, you're a nerd. <laughs> like That's kind of what we'll do. It'll be fun, though. I,
1: I told our team uh, we met today to talk about it. I've got three coming with me, and I said, hey, uh, this is great. Here's the session list. A lot of good stuff. Here's my suggestions of people to check out. Full disclosure, though. Once the last session's done, I'm going to be at Portillo's and I'm going to be uh, at uh, what's that Irish place? Darcy Pint. Is oh, Darcy's Pint. Yeah. yeah. So oh, I said, I'm just being honest. Ever. <laughs> That's yep. where I'm going to be.
0: So. Yep. Um, so I'm also, uh, aside from that, we're I'm on the committee for IETC and we're doing uh, gamification with my gamification platform uh, that I'm still in the process of sort of building. And so in the conversation, we had an awesome conversation. Dave's helping about how we're gonna gamify this conference. And all the ideas are great. They weren't all built in as features yet. So now I'm like scrambling to get all these features done. (laughs) Uh, It's been like a, anytime that I'm not at work or like talking to my family, I am coding something. So it has been kind of fun, but also insane. Uh, And I'm looking into 3D printing at school. We just sort of got a grant for some 3D printers. So I've never, I have never, yes. That's kind of why I was sort of fascinated by it. Um, but I've never branched into 3d printing and I'm super pumped about it.
1: It's, it's really great. And it, you know, it, it's one of those things that, uh, we, a couple of years back, we had a student come through who's just one of those kids who like had an IQ that's out of this world. Mm-hmm. And, uh, when he was in eighth grade, I had told the high school science teachers, Hey, look like this, you better do something for this kid, right? Like he's going to be working for NASA. And, uh, they actually designed a 3d printing engineering course specifically for him but wow. a, a, allowing it as an elective for all kids. But the reality being this kid needed to be in there and uh, it has been the best thing for our school because it oh. is just permeated with the other kids. They're into it. It's, it's a lot of fun. Very cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Rachel, that's what awesome about support. you? What are you working on?
2: So one of the things that I'm working on a lot right now, I, I run a student tech team called the tech squad. Um, and that's awesome. like, that keeps me super connected to the kids, which I, I think i'd have a really hard time without um yeah. so that you know i i'm very grateful for them um so we are after a year of being my school wasn't virtual but our club went virtual um but now we're in person and modifying things a bit but we have a couple of different things going on so one thing we're working on right now is laser engraving tech squad water bottles um so i'm super awesome. excited like this yeah, awesome. four years in the making um but we're pumped like we're really really excited about it um so and then i have another group who and i talked to um, dave about this also a bit i'm you know i have a group who really wants to kind of level up their Google workspace skills. So I'm kind of looking into options for this group of students to help them with that. So and then I have another group who wants to build like a resource hub for students of commonly used ed tech sites in our school. So you know these are all like ideas from the kids. I didn't didn't think of any of these. Like they're they're amazing um, and I really can kind of feed off their energy. So I'm I'm super appreciative that I awesome. Can connect with
0: them yeah yeah that is very cool so i cool. saw the sign you posted it on twitter early in september the cornell tech squad yes, oh, yes. the it's painting amazing. that they painted that's awesome yes
2: it's amazing you love that's it when kids buy in kids. like that
0: when they yeah. spend that kind of time doing something it seems so simple but like that means they're in it yeah you know i just think that's cool
1: yeah well, and, so cool. And, and that needs to be the next thing right i mean like the all this Certification is awesome with Google, but a kid module or something more student based would be such Mm -hmm. a cool, such a cool thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. have to find what I'm looking for right now.
1: There's an innovator project for you, Rachel.
2: (laughs) There you go. Yeah, I might have been thinking about that.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: They haven't announced, uh, they haven't announced innovator for this year, have they? No, not yet. Cause are they, have they decided if they're doing anything live or not live?
1: I think it's still, they, uh, the last I had heard is they, they didn't know if they could be in person or not. So yeah, they're deciding on that. I would guess they're going to wait till after the uh, first of the year. I mean the way as, it's going right now, but
0: as a person who was able to go to go do it in an 18, it was amazing. I couldn't imagine that experience had been virtual, Yeah. but as the people who have come through the virtual, they are saying exactly the same thing. Yeah. So I, I, think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of virtue to both. Yeah.
1: My innovator project is going to be a educational technology podcast where I drink alcohol. That's what I was going to oh, suggest. Oh, that's that. amazing. Boy, idea. how
0: could we do that? What would we <laughs> title it? Uh, so speaking of, what are you guys drinking?
1: I got Buffalo Trace, buddy. And this yeah, is, uh, this is the, stuff. this is the good stuff. And. I just found out here in my home uh, hometown uh, that they sell it at the local IGA. So, no idea really? that they had it. Yeah, this we are a uh, definitely a town that uh, is much more of a Coors Light town or a Bud Light town <laughs> than we are a Buffalo <laughs> Trace town. And uh, is that a good way to put that? Yeah, I <laughs> got you. I understood. Right. Yeah, and so I got super excited when I went to go pick up some uh, chips and dip for a pool party we had. And I saw it, and I texted my wife and said, "I just want you to know that uh, this is going to be a more expensive uh, trip than you initially assumed." Uh, right, and that's what happened. So,
0: I got the best salsa. Yeah, the 50 best. bottle of salsa. <laughs> Forty-nine ninety-nine. So. Forty-nine ninety-nine. Yeah. yeah. What about uh, you? Rachel? I got. Oh, uh, Rachel, what are you drinking? What are you drinking?
2: I'm drinking a gin and tonic. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, and I. I'll either sleep really
0: well tonight or not at all. <laughs> or not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I am the same way. Yep. What about I got some I got some Weller special reserve tonight and that's that's good nice. stuff too. Good stuff, man. Um so we're super excited to have you with us, Rachel. Yeah. Thank you so much. I know Thanks this was as much us pricking picking your brains as uh as you kind of talking about your journey, but it, it seems like it's been really something else. And we're it has. both envious and excited for you at the same time. Big time. Yeah,
2: it has. I hope this kind of inspires people to, to go for it and explore it more. And um, and thank you guys so much for having me.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, again, guys, this is the uh, EdTech Distilled podcast. You can find us at uh, edtechdistilled.com. You can find us on all of your podcasts. Uh, services, Apple Podcasts, or Android, or no Google Podcasts, but I don't know where that came from. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on uh, Pandora. You can find us on iHeartRadio. You can find us all over the place. Just look at look up EdTech Distilled, uh, and then you will find Dave and I, or both, or just Dave, or just me, depends yep. on <laughs> who you think is actually talking. Right. Who your fan? And is. awesome <laughs> guests like Rachel. <laughs> That's right. So thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. Rachel, thanks again for joining us. We will see you on the next podcast. Thanks for joining us.